powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duval Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duval Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duval Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a big thank you to my last guest, Jonathan Spasato. What a incredible guest. And I was honored to have him grace my studio. If you have not heard our in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 193, and we have a great episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Emma G. Emma is a musician and mental health activist. With her music, she has been able to reach teens and adults alike with messages of hope and topics such as bullying and youth empowerment. Emma will be discussing a wide range of issues, so let's get her out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling in today from Washington, D.C., Emma G. <laughs> Emma, good evening. Welcome to the Derek Duval Show. How is the weather out by you today? It's actually been a stunning day. You know, considering it's nearing the end of September, which is crazy, I I was walking around in shorts and a a t-shirt, so I'm happy. I'm from New Zealand and Fiji. I like heat. (laughs) Where are you calling in from today? Uh, Washington, D.C. Oh, right on. Very nice. Yeah. So with the pandemic now coming to an end, how was it for you to live in the COVID-19 world? The COVID-19 world, oh, goodness. It's My my fiancé tells me or tells the world all the time, champions make adjustments. Um, So... As much as I was a full-time musician before COVID hit, just like everybody else, we all had to pivot. And so I found that the pandemic was a fantastic opportunity for me personally to not just pivot what I was focusing on, expand and actually become more authentic in what I was doing. I, I focus a lot more on mental health writing, creating, recording music with a message and really um, stepping into that part of myself where I want to use my music as a methodology to help people and to help them recognize how powerful they are. Hmm. So it's been, you know, as much as the pandemic was dreaded and horrible and frustrating and all the other things, with it came a lot of beautiful opportunity to, for me personally, to to thrive in, in new and unexpected ways. All right. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? <laughs> Where was I born? I was born in a small town of Raglan, New Zealand, which is, you know, it's a surf town. I don't surf. I should, but I don't. 
Instead, I went for the other thing that Raglan is known for, and that's music. But when I was born, at the age of four months, actually, I was diagnosed with a rare, relatively rare neurological condition called hydrocephalus, which meant that by the time I was 10, I'd had 10 brain surgeries and 24 surgeries in total. And unfortunately, Raglan did not have a hospital. So um, just before my 10th birthday, we moved to Hamilton, New Zealand, where I lived most of my most of my life, my teen years especially, and um, really dug into using music as a catalyst for personal development and growth and self-actualization before then moving to the big smoke of Auckland, New Zealand, aka Auckland for us New Zealanders. <laughs> and, you know, I started a hard rock band and we were together for five and a half years. I did a whole bunch of incredible things. New Zealand served me well in a lot of ways, but you know, in order to grow, I needed to expand my pond, uh, so they say. So I moved to the United States back in 2015. I'm wearing a Welsh rugby jersey right now. I can see that. I'm a so, little bit upset. <laughs> I was about to ask you are, you, are you following the World Cup right now? I'm not following the World Cup, although I should. And I, I feel horrible for not because there is a, an Irish pub now across, you know, a couple of blocks away from where we live. And um I was asking about when the next games were. And then, of course, realized that New Zealand is not anywhere near the finals. And I'm quite upset about it. <laughs> but, you know, to offset that, I was able and blessed to sing the opening and closing ceremonies when the World Cup was hosted in New Zealand. And they did win that year. So nice. it is what it is. Nice. <laughs> so you've been very, you mentioned it very briefly, but you have been very public with your battle with hydrocephalus. You know, for my listeners who may not have heard about this rare condition, can you educate them as to what it is? Of course, yeah. So hydrocephalus um, manifests itself in a multitude of different ways for all people. There, I, I actually the Hydrocephalus Awareness Association is you know a couple of um, minutes drive from my house, um, and they told me recently that often what is um, diagnosed, misdiagnosed as dementia in elderly patients is actually hydrocephalus. And um, so it, it takes on different, you know, manifestations in different people. For me, hydrocephalus literally translates to water on the brain. So I was born with a cyst the size of my fist in the middle of my cranium, um, which meant that um, cerebral spinal fluid, the, the water that your brain floats in, could get into my head, but it couldn't get out which is an issue because that, that fluid changes by between 200 and 400 milliliters a day. Um, and that's a lot of water to build up and not have anywhere to go. So at the age of four months, I had a shunt or a really long tube inserted into my cranium to drain down into my peritoneal cavity in my tummy uh, to drain out the water. And sometimes that shunt would get blocked, which meant, of course, that water then would start to build up and up and up in my head again, I get severe headaches, start throwing up, um, and potentially, you know, pass away, which hasn't happened yet, touch wood. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's, you know, technology is a, a, a beautiful thing. Um, it was not, I, I, to my knowledge, the shunt was developed not and, and released to the public not long before I was born. So, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed to be here and and don't want to ever use that that blessing in vain that makes sense so what age did you get interested in playing music i was born singing derek 
<laughs> my mother used to say that I used to kick her so hard in the womb that she was convinced I was going to be a drummer, but I apparently am too passive aggressive for the drums. So instead I turned to words. Um, I was making up songs as young as three, decided on my fifth birthday when I wrote a song called School is Cool. I'm not making that up where, you know, I decided I wanted to be a rock star, a mother, a counselor, a teacher, and a fashion designer. Um, and which is weird because my fashion sense is not that great. But, you know, I, I am really lucky that I get to um, do most of those things in, in my music, through my music and through my, my youth empowerment coaching these days. How many instruments can you play? Ah, now you're going to call me out. Okay. <laughs> I play guitar and piano. Um, I can fumble my way through the ukulele, not very well. Um, I can fumble my way through the drums, not again, not very well. But um, yeah, that's about it. I tried wind instruments. My mouth just doesn't make those shapes. Now, your music is primarily geared towards teens and parents. What is the primary message of your music? That's a good question. I think the, my main focus with music, um, as much as I, you know, my focus is very much on teens and parents, and my focus is really on everybody. It's it's on um, helping people to understand and recognize how important you are and how valuable you are, how loved you are, how important it is to value and love and respect yourself um, and you know, have the the tools, I guess, or the self-awareness um, to lead with love. I think that, you know, love is one of the most powerful forces we can have in the world. And so when you, when you, you know, focus that love on yourself, only good things can happen as a result. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my main focus. I mean, obviously I've got my heartbreak songs and my, Oh, I love you, and I, you know, I want to grow old with you songs. But um, predominantly, that it, it it all comes back to just leading with integrity, authenticity, and vulnerability. How are you taking your experience of being bullied and using it to prevent and educate others, you know, on how to empower themselves in the event they are facing the same situation? Bullying is a huge topic for me. Um, because, you know, as a kid, I would get called all kinds of names like Frankenstein, freak, weirdo, whatever. And then, of course, being a person of color, um, and especially when I was in a hard rock band, where, where you know, it's predominantly white men that are on the scene. Um, I, I've always kind of felt kind of like the outsider. So when I'm talking to young people about... I don't even talk to them about bullying, to be fair. What I do is I talk to them about, I'm a big believer in positive reinforcement. So I talk to them about their superpowers and their abilities to be superheroes. And that, you know, that superhero-ness comes from leaning into your superpowers of compassion, empathy, and love. Um, and I don't know about you, Derek, but I have yet to meet a superhero that leads with love that is also an asshole to people. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I will... I will put my mind to it. <laughs> um, maybe I don't know. Maybe Tony Stark. I, we'll, 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 <laughs> the the, the joke. Yeah, that's yeah. that's valid. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe we'll think about it. Now, you join a select group 
of Derek Duvall show guests who have done a TED talk. For my listeners, tell them what your talk was about. Oh goodness. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one step further and I'm gonna tell you that I actually have done two talks now um on the TEDx stage, which is wild to me because I didn't apply for either of them. They came to me and asked me to perform or, or speak, and that was um a dream come true, quite honestly. My my first presentation um was on how music and songwriting saved me after having had 10 brain surgeries where I really explored the emotional and mental health benefits of music, but also the neurological and academic, um, you know, benefits as well, which was, it, it was a lot to fit into a, an 18 minute presentation, but, um, you know, I, it was, it was an honor. It was, you know, um, and I think the most, the most profound part of that experience was having people come up to me in tears feeling like they'd connected with my story and my music and feeling like, you know, as much as I've had a relatively unique experience with trauma, trauma looks different on everybody and trauma is, is trauma. Like you can't compare scars. So to be able to, you know, leave that effect on people was beautiful. Um, the second uh, presentation was this year um, and it was called From Pain to Playlist, Turning Struggles into Song. And it was going through five life lessons that I have managed to not just learn and grow through, but also, um, you know, use that those lessons as catalysts for uh, songs that bring meaning to the soundtrack of my life. Hmm. What were your emotions when you learned that Hard Rock Cafe was giving you a residency? Wild. <laughs> Um, and it's funny because like the hard rock, we don't have a hard rock cafe in New Zealand. Really? Um, we don't, I, which is odd, right? Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm manifesting. It's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. You know, hard rock is one of those brands that you really want to, you know, you really want to align with, especially considering they're so big on not just supporting local music, but also supporting women's health issues, women's rights issues you know, mental health issues, youth advocacy. Um, they do such good work in that respect. So, you know, to, it's been an absolute honor to be able to perform for them every month since March. And I just watched this space, Derek, because we will have some exciting news to announce next year as well. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we'll be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Emma G. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know that's right, Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Please give your attention to a few friends of my show, and we will be right back. I'm Billy Dees and host of the self-titled podcast, The Billy Dees Podcast. We are primarily an interview and a commentary-based podcast featuring authors and creators talking about their craft, advocates for community issues, and myself and an array of co-hosts discussing current events. There's no partisan ranting and raving going on here, just great content. You can find The Billy Dees Podcast on your favorite platform and on Twitter at Billy Dees. Thank you, and I hope you listen in. Hello Duval Nation, Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. 
Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek Duvall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. This is Benjamin Sledge, author of Where Cowards Go to Die. In my award-winning memoir, you'll discover the raw humanity, intricate complexity, and brutal barbarity of those who served in the Iraq and Afghan wars, and the psychological toll it took on modern veterans. You can purchase Where Cowards Go to Die on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere major books are sold. Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benjamin C. Sledge. Hey there, this is Frankie Ray, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. My latest single, Over Now, is available on all streaming platforms. Hope you like it. Sorrow, available on all major streaming platforms, and you can 
can check my site out at patrickbakermusic.com. Don't leave my upper everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 194 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with musician plus mental health and youth empowerment activist, Emma G. Now, this is kind of a cool question. I, I, I When I read that you did this, I wanted to ask it is, you know, what do you remember winning the Silver Telly? <laughs> so honestly, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I feel like an alien in so many ways living in this country because I didn't. First of all, I've been honored to play at the Kennedy Center twice now. I did not know that was a big deal. I have played the Mint in Los Angeles, didn't know it was a big deal. The Viper Room in New York, in, in LA, didn't know it was a big deal. Rockwood Musical in New York, didn't know it was a big deal. The Telly Award, didn't know it was a big deal until my uh, director turned around to me and said, you know, do you know how many thousands of people apply for this every year? And it, it's it's such a coveted, a coveted award. I was like, this is I'm mind blown. I feel like Dorothy half the time. <laughs> I'm just like I don't know what's going on, and I'm so blessed and so grateful. That's what I like about you, your humbleness. Thank so, you. So, what sort of messages are you employing in your one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions and workshops? That's a good question. Um, and like, it's not one I can answer easily because I work with the um with the understanding that no two students are the same no two clients are the same no two musicians are the same so i often like obviously maybe not obviously but i hope it's obvious um a lot of the the underlying messaging that i want my clients to come away with is you know self-love self-acceptance resilience um compared you know knowing that they are cared for and, and important and valuable, but and how that manifests in how I work with each client is very different because every client I have is very different. And I'm, I'm a huge believer in teaching the student, not the curriculum. Tell my listeners about Addicted to a Dream. Ooh, so Addicted to a Dream was a song that I wrote almost exactly 10 years ago today, it was a song inspired by, I don't know if your listeners are into Guns N' Roses or Motley Crue at all, but I had just finished reading Slash's autobiography 
and was halfway through The Heroine Diaries by Nikki Six. And um, a lot of the messaging and ideas in both of those books were around drug taking. And at the time, I was um, in an on-again, off-again affair with a DJ who was also not just older than me, but he was also sort of drowning in that scene a little bit. Um, and I realized that his toxicity wasn't something that I needed to own, that I, I didn't have to stay in that situation. But in order for me to break free from it, I needed to recognize that this wasn't a dream. This was a nightmare. Um, and it was a nightmare that I had kind of subconsciously given myself permission to fall in love with, which was stupid. So I, uh, exactly, yeah, it was um, New Year's Eve 2013 that I, instead of getting drunk with my friends, went home, got on my piano and wrote this song. And that way I started the next year you know, on a, on a clean slate, kind of like got him out of my system finally. Um, and I decided I wanted to resurface that single, you know, as an acoustic artist now, solo artist now, um, and release it for Drug and Alcohol Awareness Month because I, you know, addiction, I think, we again, we, we sort of, we spend so much time looking at the symptoms that we forget to look at the cause or treat the root cause and for me it was important to pay tribute to digging deeper and looking at the root cause my fascination as a young person with drugs and alcohol was rooted in unhealthy relationships um and as soon as i eradicated that from my life i'm now a happy healthy you know, relatively successful, I guess, human, you know, and that, that, that it's, it's a conscious shift, but it's, it's one that I think is really important, especially when we're talking about the success and giving, you know, giving our friends and family who struggle with addiction, some kind of lifeline and hope. I ask all of my musician guests this next question. Okay. I mean, if it's okay, I'm going to ask this to you. Okay. You ready? Me. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a controversial question, all right? Ooh, I love it. What are your opinions on streaming services? I think streaming services are a blessing and a curse. And I think, as with everything, it's not the, the thing itself. I think it's how you use it. Um, As a youth empowerment through songwriting coach, having my kids or my, you know, finally figure out, oh my gosh, you know, Mrs. G is on iTunes or Spotify. It gives them, it gives me a little bit of more, more clout. Um, and, you know, which is kind of exciting for them. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, my coach is on iTunes. That's awesome. Um, of course, they don't pay their artists anything <laughs> at all. But I think that's where it's an opportunity for artists to look at the, how the music business has shifted so significantly um, and, you know, recognize that there are other ways to make money rather than try to aim for a million streams. Um, I think it's, you know, historically we've looked at these artists on, you know, in the record stores and we've seen that these one-dimensional, maybe two-dimensional 
characters behind the name. But I think, you know, being able to utilize um, these streaming services, we now have an opportunity to leverage them and humanize the artistry and humanize the musicians and create actual businesses within the music business. Good answer. Thank you. You're welcome. Pierre de Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. If you get a chance to talk to your younger self, what would you say to her? I would tell my younger self, oh, that's a good question. How young are we going? As young as you want to go. I think I would go to my, I'm going to say my seven-year-old self and tell me to be nicer to myself. I think we raise so many young people to fear our bodies, fear our voices, fear our opinions, that we kind of learn to shut down. Um, and I, I see it in my vocal clients and my songwriting clients all the time that they, you know, they don't, they don't feel heard. You know, I, I remember posting that recently on on social media, and somebody replied saying, "Oh, but they're so loud. How can they feel that they, like they're not being heard?" I'm like, "Because they're raising their voices because you're not listening." And I think that's that's what I would tell myself is that like to be, yeah, to to just be okay with who I am, that I don't need to be anything more. I am perfectly, I'm perfect the way that I am. All right. So what is next for Emma? What is next for me? Uh, well, in two months time from the time of this recording, I will be walking down an aisle of sorts and getting married, which is very exciting on a personal level. Um, and then, you know, as, as is with every good relationship or marriage, I will be not long after that heading off on a U.S. tour. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, there's some really exciting things coming up that I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for, um, you know, being able to not just sing for people, but also running youth empowerment through songwriting workshops around the country and just Again, staying on my mission to take the world one song at a time. Right. As we enter the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question. What do you like to do for fun and to relax? What I like to do, so music is fun to me. <laughs> I know that's a cop out. I don't, you know, music, music is fun. Um, but for real, I mean, I really enjoy my fiance and I often watch movies together. Um, I'm currently binge watching Madam Secretary for the second time um, on Netflix. Um, you know, I, I am blessed to live in Washington, D.C., which is a very foodie oriented city. Um, so, I, you know, my girlfriends and I like to go out and explore restaurants and whatnot. Um, but I, I, I like to hang out with my cat and, um, you know, make sure, you know, work out, go for runs sit in nature, go hiking, um, do all the fun stuff for my soul. Okay. Uh, said cat made a cameo earlier for my listeners who can't see the screen. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Emma, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? 
Absolutely. You can find me at emmagmusic.com or Emma G Music on most social media, except for Facebook and TikTok, where it's Emma G Speaks. Okay. Emma, I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? To the people of Earth? I would like to remind you all that you are powerful and wonderful and important and loved. And I can't wait for you all to recognize that. Okay. Emma, continue doing amazing things in this world. You've been a big inspiration to so many. So thanks for coming on the show and telling your story. Thank you so much, Derek. Appreciate you. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 194. I want to thank Emma for taking the time to come on the show today. I want to wish her congratulations on her upcoming winning, and I hope her career continues to be a gigantic success. Okay, tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store on there, and we have everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, go to the banner of the left that says Merch, click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, Boy, are my Chicago Bears sucking this year. And I mean, boy, are we sucking. I don't think in all my years as a fan, I can recall a time when we haven't won a game in nearly a year. Do you think we can turn it around? Not with this coaching staff. After that Denver Broncos game, people, I'm telling you right now, coaches need to be fired. And I mean fired right now. Like, clean out your desks, fired. Anyway. That's my rant for the day. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.